0: Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is episode 90. 90. Oh my God. I know. Dead Dead time stories.
1: If you're new to the show, this is a weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together and we talk about ghost stories, paranormal, true crime, supernatural, conspiracy, and just generally weird, spooky stuff.
0: Whatever we want. Because it's it's our show show. and not yours. Yours. I don't know what noise is supposed to go there. And we steal everyone else's material. Yeah, you know, that's how we bring you this three
1: star content.
0: Call us the Carlos Mencia of (laughs) podcasting.
1: I like to think it was more of a Dane Cook of podcasting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know which. Oh,
1: both of them are right. the greatest. Both, yeah, they both do that. Mm. It's
0: a yeah. That's the thing. But, anyways, episode ninety. Episode ninety. That's a big deal. If and you're just tuning in, you have a lot of catching up to do. Sarah would tell you to start, start at the beginning, at the beginning but... so you can see the downward spiral that is this show.
1: <laughs> if you're a regular listener, thank you for you know standing by. Thank you so much. That's it. That's all. 90 episodes. Um,
0: what, a, what a long way we've come.
1: We lost a Monty Python since last we spoke. We did. Another we did. one down. Another another python another bites the dust.
0: Python gets bitten. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make a snake joke. Yeah, no. Didn't work. I know, very sad. Terry Jones? Mhm. Right?
1: Mhm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he was delightful. He also uh, co-wrote Labyrinth.
0: Yes. Which is a
1: David Bowie movie that I absolutely adore.
0: It is. I was talking about Labyrinth the other night. I was talking about the puppet from Labyrinth that got lost in a props closet, and then they found it in the luggage that it was in decades later, and he was all like decrepit. Was it Hoggle?
1: (sighs) The one that was like a little part, little person, part puppet. I think
0: so. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. I'd have to look it up. Head,
1: and he's got like a big old nose. Yes. Yes.
0: Because then you see the 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 puppet now. The puppet now is all like, oh, yeah, creepy. I know. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Um, I want number one, we're 10 episodes away from episode 100. 100. So we're planning some fun stuff for that. Number two, last episode, we talked about. Waffle House. We did. And how much we love Waffle House. And I just want to mention talking things on this podcast makes them come true. made things happen. It made it happen. It's the law of
1: attraction. That's Uh, the secret if you didn't read the book on the Oprah Book
0: Club. Just say it out loud. So last episode we raved about how much we fucking love Waffle House. And last weekend we went to the Virginia Thespian conference and I'm pretty sure we both saw the Waffle House at the same time, and we're, and we're both like, like, oh! like screaming about Waffle House!" Waffle House. It was walking distance from the hotel.
1: It was, and, and then we, we walked there, tore that shit, oh. and I got my classic. I got my bacon fill, phil- uh, my bacon Texas cheesesteak plate with my hash browns smothered, covered, and topped.
0: And I ate so much. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so good.
1: She got a pecan waffle. I got waffle, a pecan waffle
0: and followed, sausage. Yeah,
1: and sausage, followed by a... Uh, she asked me if she should get an a order smaller of hash browns or a double order of hash browns. And I was just so excited that this skinny bitch was thinking about eating a double order of hash browns. I was like, oh my God, double? Are you kidding? <laughs> she did. And I was like, okay. And she got them... I can't remember which one is chili. Yeah, I think, I think it's, like, it's topped. Chili. is chili.
0: Cheese uh, and ham. And
1: chunked, I know, is ham, because I always think it sounds gross. gross. But... She and got cheese. it and chili cheese
0: and ham. Ham. And I almost ate all of it.
1: She did. Almost. Almost.
0: Almost. Uh, and then I was like,
1: oh. I had a chocolate chip waffle after my Texas cheesesteak platter. It was great.
0: It was like honestly, we're Tim over here House just like was our waitress. <laughs> we had a lot of inside jokes that happened Ooh. that would only be funny to us and oh not gosh. anyone yeah, else. No, it was a great, it was a great it was, weekend. It was a wonderful, wonderful weekend, you yeah. guys. But um we're back and I just wanted to say when we say things on this show. They come true. Yeah. So, episode putting 100. That out there. We're, we're going a, to the Van Zant house. Putting
1: that out there. Fingers crossed. We got to figure that Fingers shit out. Fingers crossed. But we, would it like out. We, we would like to. We would love to.
0: to. Colleen, are you listening? Are you still down? Yeah, Girl, we would love be. to. Girl, you better. We That's are going to record. Up. So. But we're not bringing a Ouija board. And that actually ties into my story this week.
1: Ooh! Ooh. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to say my show opens this weekend. Ooh. Oh my gosh. The Lizard of Oz. It's going to be at the Painted Bride here in Philadelphia. And we actually just added another show to next weekend. <laughs> so uh, we are running the 7th, 8th, and 9th. It is at 8 o'clock on the 7th and the 8th, and at 7 o'clock on the 9th. And then again Again, 14, 15, 16, 14th and 15th, it is, which is Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock. And we just added a matinee to the 16th. So we have a matinee, I believe, at 2 p.m., and then another final showing at 7 on the
0: 16th. Yeah. And Mary Angela and I are going on the 9th. That's yes. the Sunday? Yes. We're going next Sunday if you and want to go, which will actually be in three days from when this episode From when episode this comes airs. out, yes. yes. This
1: Sunday, if you want to catch it with some Dead Time Stories, people. We'll be there. Yes. And I believe you can, it's either thepaintedbride.org or just paintedbride.org is I where you can get your tickets. If
0: you just Google that, it'll I'm pop sure, it up. I'm sure, yeah.
1: If you Google The Painted Bride, it'll pop up.
0: It will. Yay. So we're excited about that. Yeah. It's gonna be,
1: uh, you guys. It's gonna be so good. I'm so excited. I'm really freaking excited. It is so dumb, like in the That's best way. That's all that way. I want. It is, yes, just a mashup of Wicked, Wizard of oz and The Whiz, but all with like dick and fart jokes. That's so, all that
0: I want. I'm all that I want. I'm amped. It's gonna be great. Yep. But Stephanie, Sarah, y'all, y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some, some ghosts? Who's going first? We do this I don't every we, yeah, time. Yeah, 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 We didn't. Every time. I mean, I'll go. For, I'm really excited. Go for it. I'll go for it. Okay, I'll go first. Go for it. Um, Sarah, what are you talking about? Sarah, so I'm talking about the exorcism of Roland Doe and also the exorcist house. And yes, it's the story that inspired the movie. The exorcist? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes i was like which movie <laughs> that i mean the exorcist, the exorcist. so okay. we're gonna make a lot of your own in-home exorcism yeah jokes because this happens in-home
1: exorcist men Their i love in-home er- anything I know, you do
0: nothing's as good as the in-home, in-home abortion, abortion man. man or in-house in-house abortion in-house, man. same diff yeah same. that was uh, i think a high point of the show <laughs> was that episode i love it anyways so Yesterday, I was thinking, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to research? And I got home, and I didn't have anything else to do. And I was like, you know what I really want to do? I want to get super stoned, and I want to watch Ghost Adventures. I love it. And Ghost Adventures goes and investigates the Exorcist House, which is the house that the exorcism of this kid took place in, and we'll get into that in a moment. Great. They go and investigate, and that's the episode that I watched. Uh, So I'm also really excited that – Halfway or at the end of my notes of the story, I'm also going to read out for you all of my reactions that I had watching this episode of Ghost Adventures because I wrote them all down and they're all wonderful. So a little bit about Roland Doe. Um, They don't really know his last name, hence Doe, but they do have recordings from the diaries of the two priests at the end who did an exorcism Uh, they took notes and we know that his name was roland in the 1940s he was living in a suburb of dc he was 13 years old and right before all of this activity happened his aunt had passed away and him and his aunt were super duper close Mm -hmm. right so him and his aunt are really really close and she's a big spiritualist So him and her take up using the Ouija board, and he is, like, really into it. So the story says that his aunt passes away. He's very distraught. He's very sad about that. So he takes to the Ouija board one more time to try and make contact with his aunt. And what have I said about Ouija boards? You don't fuck with them. them. You don't fuck with Ouija boards. So after he does that, then he begins to exhibit the symptoms or the the strange phenomenon starts happening around him. Naturally. Duh, you touched a Ouija board. So um his So not
1: even don't, don't fuck with him. You you don't even touch him. You're like don't even touch him. I don't want
0: him. to. Don't even. I mean, gotcha. listen, let me tell you about what happened to this kid. He's 13 okay. years old. He fucked with a Ouija board. Now his life's going to be fucked. Yeah. That's what happens. And I'm talking right. about him. So, mm. um so the family began to realize or the family began to experience phenomena such as random noises. They would see the furniture moving on its own objects would levitate or be thrown across the room. Of course. Most of these things happened while Roland was in the room. Like Mm -hmm. he was there and it was happening around him. Telling people that their mothers were sucking cocks in hell. No, that didn't happen. Okay. He That's, also didn't projectile vomit, but he does. Well, we'll get to it. Stab himself in the cross with acoustics? Mm mm mm. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, that happens. The, the thing in that. The Exorcist. I think the thing that I'm going to talk about that happens isn't in The Exorcist, but, anyways. Oh, also, fun fact I've never seen The Exorcist all the way through. Hmm. It out I there. saw one time, I think it was in like 8th or ninth grade. I watched a lot of how it was made like behind the scenes of The Exorcist and the makeup and the way they threw her around and how she had back problems afterward. Yeah. And I would watch those and I was like, that's scary enough. I don't need to see this whole movie. Because they would show tiny clips and they'd be like, here's how it happened and here's this. And I'd be like, mm, I'm good. It fascinates me from a cultural standpoint
1: of all the people that like passed out in the theaters watching it. And I, of course, when I watched it and I was older and I was like, I don't really get that. that, Yeah. Right. But... I mean, for the times, right, like changed a lot since then. And I know that was my reaction when I saw The Passion of the Christ in theaters. Oof. I really did think I was going to throw up.
0: Yeah. Like, I really it was, was rough. It
1: was rough. Well, that's another one that's when people, people, people would go about see the
0: exorcist. it. Well, people also had reactions to The Passion of the Christ where people were like convulsing and shit.
1: Right. I didn't convulse, But I definitely there was a part where I closed my eyes because I was like, I'm
0: Gonna throw up right now. I think I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right for when that came out. Yeah. Uh anyways, back to this exorcism though. We got off on got off track. Um so objects would levitate or be thrown. Uh he would hear scratching sounds on the floor and in the walls of his bedroom, which I just hate the idea of that. Water would drip from the ceiling and then his mattress would move. So it would violently shake and it would move around, which I think is in the exorcist. Yes. So, the family was Lutheran, and they sought help from their friends, their Lutheran church, their pastor, and a parapsychologist who all recommended they take that boy to a priest.
1: Right. They were like, uh, I know we're Lutherans, but, but bitch, like, you need you to get need, the Catholics in on this shit uh, like, right you now.
0: Need that, you need that real, real God, like that real good God. <laughs> you need that God God. You need that real good God God. Need, Won't he do you it? You need that good, good God God. You need you that know? good, good guy God God. <laughs> Went with your whole big old water bottle, too. <laughs> you know? You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the first exorcism happened at home in their house um at Georgetown Uni or not in their house, in their town, Georgetown University Hospital, during which Roland ended up slipping his hands free from the restraints, and he broke off a piece of the bedspring from the mattress and used it as a weapon to slash the arms of the priest, effectively ending that exorcism. So I'm like, he didn't projectile vomit or stab himself but with a crucifix. But he did slice that motherfucker's wrist up. Yeah, I was like, he kind of like bitch, sli- bitch sliced that bitch priest. Bitch sliced, don't oh know. Because <laughs> I just imagine be like, ha ha, got him, got him. <laughs> so now we're going to travel to St. Louis to the exorcist's house. And what happened was days after the exorcism where he slashed up that priest the word Lewis appeared in scratches across his abdomen. His mom had relatives in St. Louis. So she assumed it meant that they needed to go to St. Louis to get treatment and to get help. So they went to Weird take away, but okay. I know. Right. But whatever. Um, so this time they went to the house in St. Louis that we're going to talk about. That is the exorcist house. And I think she had family who lived there. So, Now we've got our second exorcism that happens in that house. This time they brought in two priests. I wrote double the priest, double the potential of it actually working. I don't know. Double the priests, double the fun. I know, but it's not fun. Is it double the priest? Depends on what your kinks are, I guess. Oof. All right.
1: I don't kink shame.
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) But like, you don't want to fuck with demons either. Hey man, don't Oof. yuck their yuck. Oh, all right. I sure. Okay. Um. <laughs> so in March, Fev- uh, Father Walter Halloran and Reverend William Bowdern were the two priests who worked on the boy, and they're the ones who wrote diaries that we get most of our information about the story from. In March of 1949, the two priests and several assistants gathered in the quaint and unassuming house on Roanoke Drive in Saint Louis. As they were doing the exorcism, they witnessed scratches appear on Roland's body. The mattress again moving and shaking violently. This exorcism took place over almost an entire month. They were just working day in day out, and they noticed a pattern. During the daytime, Roland was calm and normal, but at bedtime, he was like a little devil. He was screaming. I'm ready. Let's fucking go. And honestly, he was just a child, so uh, maybe he wasn't, you know, possessed at all. But no, he uh, would scream, have wild outbursts, and he would apparently enter a trance-like state and start making some, si- some type of guttural sound. The old wizard state. The old wizard state. <laughs>
1: just like Usador.
0: And the devil's in my body. Um, reference to the Magic Tavern, which we which love to reference all the time. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, objects would fly around him, and of course, he would react violently when he would see any sort of religious object. Uh, who wouldn't? So, they, other notable things that happened include uh, an X appeared in scratches on his chest, which they took to be the Roman numeral 10, um, a pitchfork shaped pattern of red lines starting at his thigh and would snake all the way down to his ankle. And by the end, they all thought that he was being possessed by 10 demons, hence the 10 or the X on his chest. The priests kept working from the beginning of March until March 20th with these exorcisms and trying to get, you know, the demons out until they say it reached a new unhealthy level. When Roland pissed himself in the bed and began cursing and screaming at the parents, and apparently that was the last that was straw. The, that was the end of it. What uh, was he doing before that? A, just like throwing shit around and shaking the bed, and they're like, "This is fine." And then he pees himself, and, and he's like, like, "Fuck like, you!" And they're like, "All right. right, whoa, 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 whoa." He's got whoa. that
1: boy's got like ten that, demons in damn, him. Damn, we gotta.
0: Yeah, no, never mind. This isn't working. Um, So at that point, yeah, the parents were like, "Mm, we're going to take you to a hospital. So he went to the Alexian Brothers Hospital for more serious treatment. And on April 18th, a miracle occurs. The Monday after Easter, he woke up having seizures, yelling that Satan would always be with him. How is that a miracle? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) All right, don't yuck his yum. (laughs) He's like, Satan's never going to leave me. He's always with me. Just like I wanted. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am at least holding hands with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, when there was one set of footprints, that's when I was carrying you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I almost couldn't get it out. <laughs> I love any reference to that poem.
0: It will never cease to make me laugh. Oh, So... He's screaming that the devil will always be with him. And at that point, the priests in the hospital and the nurses laid crucifix, holy relics, rosaries on him. And at 1045 p.m., the priest called on St. Michael to expel the devil from the boy's body. And seven minutes later. And St. Michael was like, all right. All right. Why didn't you call me sooner? Right.
1: All right. Everybody was like, you should have called Michael this whole time.
0: Yeah, he was like, I would I would been was waiting. waiting right here. He's like, but they haven't called, so that's fine, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, seven minutes after that, because he's nice and punctual, St. Michael gets the job done. Roland came out of the trance and said, he's gone. And was fine. For the rest <laughs> of his life, he ended up marrying, having a family. Nothing else happened to him. Uh, no more documented instances of strange occurrences ever happened to, to Roland ever again. So what
1: fixed it? St. Michael. Just praying the Saint Michael. That's it? Saint That's Michael come and take all care that of it. The... They did differently, yes. and that worked.
0: Yes. And apparently later when he had a son, he named the son Michael, Michael. after St. Michael. Get out. He said that he saw Saint Michael fight the devil in his trance like state in St. Michael one. That was after he left the bar where he was dancing to
1: Chain of Fools by Aretha Franklin. Have you seen the movie Michael with John no. Travolta? <laughs> no. So that went right over my head. Oh. That was the first DVD I ever owned.
0: Aww. Uh, John Travolta plays... I wonder what mine was. Archangel Michael. I don't know what mine would be. Anyways, back to Roland, because now he's uneventful and no one cares. Right. But we're here to talk about da house. Yeah. Because a lot of people feel like that devil, that demon is just Still sort of laying... Still in them bones of that house? Yep. He's just sort I of laying sure. dormant in that house because that big exorcism happened there. Um. So... This is where we get into... He left the body, not the property. Yeah, exactly. He Got was you. like, you know what? That's fine. I'm just going to lay a dormant over here like, for a little cool. while. That's cool. This is a nice house. That's cool. It's fine. All right. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Um, so this is where our Ghost Adventures episode comes in. Bring it on. So they're going to investigate the house. They make it a point to say the family, the family who owns the house, because the family's living there now, they don't want to be interviewed on camera. They really want nothing to do with this, but they're letting them come in and investigate. Um, they go in and they do like a walkthrough. And one of the reasons they came in was because another paranormal investigator had gone and investigated there and he had been attacked. So he said he was sitting in the room, the boy's room where the exorcism happened. And he suddenly felt this super just intense heat burning sensation on his neck and like the side of his face. And they have it on camera, like him being like, I'm feeling this. And he's like got this terrified look on his face. And then afterward, they one of the girls who's like also on the paranormal team looked at his neck and he had like red welts and like they said it was a white blister in the shape of a cross or a lowercase T and (laughs) and they had a picture of it. And he did have like who you ask, ask. Uh, but they had a picture and he did have like a red welt on his neck. So he had been attacked in the room and they came in and they did an interview and a walkthrough with him. And now they're staying in for lockdown to investigate this house all night. So before we jump into, hold on, I have to think of how I want to get into this. So the guy who got possessed, here's the most important thing. The guy, or not possessed, the guy who got attacked, he decides to lend the ghost hunters team one of his, one of, his Ouija boards, just in case they want to use it, right? Yes. Okay, so here are my reactions as I'm watching this episode now of Ghost Hunters. They're into the investigation. Two hours with no activity. So sure, let's use the Ouija board. Now that sounds that sounds great. That Girl, sounds awesome. not have Wi-Fi. So they walk into the um the room and put the Ouija board down. And while they're talking about like, should we use the Ouija board? Should we use the Ouija board? Are you familiar with Ghost Adventures? The cast of Zach, Nick, and Aaron. No. So it's the cast of the three dude bros, and Zach is the lead guy, and he's just the biggest douche of all. But the funny thing that always happens is Aaron is my favorite. He's the one who screams. He's like always like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Dude, what the fuck? Dude, what the fuck? He's like that guy. Sure. And they always send him in by himself. Of course. They always send him to go investigate a room. They're like, go put Aaron in there. Go make like, Aaron gonna do it. make the best
1: for TV. I was like, go send make Aaron do it.
0: Send him out there. So while they're talking about using the Ouija board, Aaron is like, don't use it you shouldn't be using the Ouija board. You guys shouldn't. And they're in like their hive, they're their, like um, command center where all the cameras are and they've got the monitors up. And while Aaron is being like, do not use that Ouija board. You are going to open something. The freaking camera in the boy's room, in the demon's room, loses power. And they had just put a fresh battery in it. So they're in there talking like, don't do it. Don't take that Ouija board to that room. And the fucking camera goes off while they're talking about it. And they're like, Great, let's go. So I'm sitting in my room being like, not a good idea. And they're like, let's take it. And Aaron says, and I quote, he's like, nope, I'm not, I'm staying here. You guys can go take it. He's basically like me. He's like, not even once. And so I wrote props, Aaron, don't you go get possessed. Let the dumbass white dudes do it. (laughs) So um, while they're setting it up. They have a little PSA where Zach's like, just so everyone knows, you really shouldn't be operating a Ouija board without, you know, knowing what you're getting into, when this really isn't safe. And I just wrote, oh, okay, so a PSA right now is going to help who? Because what is, what is, you're the what is dumbass is
1: about to just play with that shit right, right
0: there. Um, so then they break out a spirit box, and we all know how much I love spirit boxes, because that, <laughs> regret. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first communication through the spirit box is for help, and the second says Ouija board. Trouble. So cool, 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 I guess the only logical response is to keep communicating with it. Sure. Yeah,
1: naturally. Yeah,
0: naturally, naturally. So the next words are devil, Diablo. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, this is great. This is great. And then it says demon. So I'm like, great. That's fine. This is awesome. The other note I wrote was one that you'll appreciate. And it was these fucking bumpers. So then after that part, it says demons and then they do a bumper and it's just ridiculous. And I was like, these fucking bumpers. We, uh, we always laugh about the
1: bumpers on RuPaul's Drag Race because it'll always be like something really dramatic. Yes. And then they
0: come back and it's not nearly as dramatic as they had led you to believe. And that's exactly what happens. Right. So these fucking bumpers. Um, then they send Aaron in by himself to investigate. So like, Aaron, you go in the room, you go investigate by yourself. This is fine go send him um and i was like damn aaron is a trooper i would be out of that room so fast i quit he's in there by himself i'd be like we're done and then and then aaron's like uh do something do something come up here come scream in my face it's like what the fuck i was like okay okay i okay so then things start kind of happening to him and at that point zach is like okay nick let's go in now so he comes in, and I go, okay, Zach, I know it's your turn, but can you please stop yelling? Because he goes in the room and immediately is like, okay, if you're here, can you communicate with us? And then they said they had uh, some sort of camera on them that was a motion sensor camera, and there was a little orb that they ended up catching right beside Zach while he's being like, come out here, come do something, and then the orb like shakes violently and then like disappears into the like body of Zach, so it says. And my favorite line was Zach saying, and it disappeared, unfortunately, inside me. And I was like, honey, if I had a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and then now we're talking to the guy who got attacked and he says he collects Ouija boards. Yeah, he do. And he keeps them in a plastic box under his bed. Mm-hmm. 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 Like dream catchers. Yeah. And he says that he's been seeing shadow figures. But he's like, I don't know why these shadow figures are here It might be because of the box of Ouija boards under my bed. But I just love different Ouija boards. I don't know. That's fine. All right. Whatever. Um, So, all in all, my final thoughts were you guys just went in with a Ouija board and you opened a door or a portal in this family's house. And then you just leave? You just leave them. You're like, all right, this was fun. That's what they did. Bye. We might have opened a portal. Who knows? Um, And then. Bye. and in the beginning of the episode, two, they had an interview with a priest and he was basically like, I mean, you guys could really get into serious trouble. Like, yes, this could mess with you. And I wrote my other takeaway is if a priest tells you to not fuck with demons, then don't fuck with demons. Fair. Yeah. Um. So all in all, that's the exorcism of Roland Doe and the exorcism, the exorcist house. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that your takeaway is do not fuck with Ouija boards.
1: I know that's what you want everyone to take away. Do not fuck with Ouija boards. Sarah, don't
0: fuck with Ouija boards, y'all. I don't fuck it. Not even once. Not, not even once. once. And these guys are like, let's go take it into this room that might have a demon in it. And let's see, see if we what can happened. talk to it. No bueno. No,
1: y'all crazy.
0: Um, That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah, you are. Yay. Anyway. Yeah, I was really excited about that. As I was watching the Ghost Adventures episode, I was like, ooh, let me just write down my reactions to this because this is hilarious. All right. Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So I'm talking about a place
1: I didn't really necessarily read that it was haunted, just that it's really, like, eerie and spooky, and I kind of want it to be haunted, and I also kind of want to go there. So have you heard of the Mount Airy Lodge? No. No. So, the Mount Airy Lodge was a really huge, like, massive, massive resort in the Poconos, uh, the Pocono Mountains. And during its heyday, it was, like, one of the premier, like, honeymoon spots. And the Poconos was considered, like, the East Coast honeymoon, like, number that's where one you getaway. Like, that's where people went on the East Coast. They go to the Poconos. It brought massive crowds of people from the tri-state area, so all from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. It did really, really well for itself. It originally opened in 1967, and it was opened by Emil Wagner, who was a – he was an immigrant from Czechoslovakia, and he was brought over by his aunt and uncle, who were in the hotel business. So as soon as he came over, like, he was working in hotels. And by the, this was in, like, the 1930s. And by the time he was 17, like, he owned his own hotel that they, like, helped him Damn. Get right. All right. So the actual place that we're talking about, the Mount Airy Lodge, it was originally a smaller property owned by his aunt and uncle called the Mount Airy House. And by uh, the 50s or 60s, he had, like, a 56% ownership of it. So he was, like, taking it over. This property now, we're going to talk about, like, how it got to where it is. But, at least from my understanding, all... (laughs) How am I trying to put this? The entire property is still there, but it's abandoned. Oh. So there's this giant resort. And it's still in the Pocono Mountains. Now, as the property grew, he accumulated other properties around it. And one of those properties has now become another resort. Mm -hmm. But from my understanding, like most of the original still resort is still there and like just completely empty. And there's the main hotel part with like the lodge and there, um, there's like golf course. There was food, horseback riding, skiing, snowmobiling, ice skating, golf, volleyball, and more like all on this massive compound. Damn. Damn. So they had a big ad campaigns in, uh running through the 1970s and 80s. I actually found, and I'll show it to you. Um, I found an ad from like the late 80s, like early 90s. Um, that's just like showing like how big the resort is, and it's all these like couples just like <laughs> making out because they're all there on, on their honeymoon. And they all have like heart shaped bathtubs, like that kind of thing. Oh, hell big like yeah. king size bed, like just this place is huge. Mirrors right? on the ceiling. So. When he took it over, um, by 1967, that's when he, like, reopened it as the Mount Airy Lodge. And it was, like, the big resort that people, like, knew it to be. Business was booming in the 1970s. And Wagner bought, like I said, the two adjacent properties, which were the Pocono Garden Inn and the um, Strickland's Inn. Which they did very well for themselves. And over the next de- decade, the whole resort was grossing like tens of millions of dollars Damn. And- annually. Damn. Yeah, so they were making bank. So what happened? What ha- yeah, I was like, so what happened? So by the mid 1980s, Atlantic City's casino boom happened. And there were cheaper flight accommodations to the Caribbean, so people stopped going to the Poconos. People were going to Atlantic City, especially people from New York. They didn't have to come as far to go to, like, a big fancy hotel and do whatever. They could just go to Atlantic City for the weekend and gamble. Or it was a lot cheaper to fly to the Bahamas or, like, fly to, you know, mm-hmm. the Caribbean somewhere. The the Keys, like, hang out down there, be warm, instead of going, like, skiing in the wintertime. Yeah. So... All of the the popularity they had accumulated in the sixties and seventies was just plummeting. Damn! By the nineteen eighties, right? Damn! That was so fast, too. Really, really, really quickly, and basically, it lost just a huge amount of business to the point where uh, Wagner was like, "Okay, well, we need to like revamp the business. We need to like bring rebrand. it rebrand, rebrand, right?" And he poured all this money oh, into no. like renovating and restoration. And that did nothing to help. So not only were they, like, losing money because nobody was coming, they poured all this money into, like, renovating that didn't make them any more money. So now they were, like, totally screwed financially. So then he started... uh, All sorts of things started going, right? The quality of the food was going down. Uh, People would call to, like, make reservations and ask about stuff. And the, (laughs) the reservation clerks were... Told to tell people, like, stop saying that's gourmet food and start saying that they serve Epicurean delights. <laughs> oh my gosh. And when people, like, they were not supposed to tell people, like, hey, It's not really, like, cold here. We don't really have snow. It's, like, 50 degrees. They're supposed to be like, yeah, like, the slopes are great. Like, come out. Like, they're really trying, like, just doing... being really dishonest, right? Doing whatever they could to, like, try and get people to come over. So, uh, as time went on, then they started doing layoffs, which led to poor maintenance of all of the amenities. So, then, as the quality went down, like, business went even worse because people were telling people what a horrible time they had at this hotel and how much money that they made or how much money that they spent spend, rather yeah. so by 1999 the hotel was 46 million dollars in debt oh my gosh to over 400 different creditors <gasps> after 60 years in the hotel business emil wagner shot himself oh no i don't, at the hotel right and i was like i don't know if it was at the hotel or not. Um, because that I couldn't find any details on as to far as to where he was, so part of me kind of, like, assumes it was at the hotel, Ugh. but he shot himself, and he left the resort to one of his managers, Hannah Danko.
0: And she was like, I don't want this.
1: Shortly after the funeral, the resort filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah. Much of it was gutted and sold in a of sale in 2002. And there are lots of articles from 2001, 2002 about how this like historic lodge is going out of business. And then I was trying to find more information on it, but I couldn't find much of what has happened other than like, people coming across it and going in and like taking pictures hmm. and a lot of stuff is still there. Oh like, damn. Like all chairs and stuff. So they like, didn't totally get
0: everything out. Right.
1: They didn't, they got rid of everything that they, that they could that was like sellable but stuff that had like water damage or like oh, whatever yeah. that you know might be moldy like wouldn't be safe they kept. Damn. Um, so like people are walking around like in the lounges and there's still a bunch of chairs. There's a stage that still has, all the curtains are still hung up. Like it literally looks wow. like people just walked away
0: oh I hate places like that they creep me out so, when they show pictures of like old malls yes that are decrepit and it looks like people just walked away there was one that I saw that was like a, a hospital and that was the thing they were hoping to demolish it and turn it into a shopping mall but just
1: literally nothing came of it So the most recent thing I could find of, like, pictures were from 2017. Oh, that's um, close. Which is still, yeah. I was like, first it was 2014, and then I ended up finding one from 2017. I was like, okay, so it seems like the ruins are still there. Because... um, The other properties that were auctioned off, the ones that they had purchased, like the Strickland Inn and the Pocono Garden, Mm -hmm. those sold off. And the Pocono Garden became what's now the Mount Airy Casino Resort, which has been there since 2007 and is very successful. That has its own thing where the person who owned it, he was charged with perjury and was... Thought to be part of like a bigger crime family. <gasps> so he wrote the property over to his daughter, and that's who the current owner is. <laughs> yeah. Damn. But so that I was trying to figure out because when I tried to Google like where it is, everything that kept came- coming up was for the Mount Airy Casino, Casino, not for the Mount Airy Lodge. So I was like, did they demolish the whole place and take over? But it doesn't sound like that's what happened. It sounds like they just took over the Pocono Garden. Which was like part of the property, not the entire property. Mm-hmm. And they have um, which the only part of the property that was really salvageable of the bigger property was the golf course. So they still use the golf course, but you can see from my understanding, like the ruins of the old resort like in the background. Oof. Right. That's creepy. It is creepy. So, um, it's still there and the pictures you can see through the years as time has gone on and it's been longer and longer since there was anybody actually like staying there. Like nature has started to like overgrow in the buildings. There's like trees growing through the buildings and all sorts of like ivy everywhere. A lot of spots where like the ceiling has collapsed in so you can see around, but there's like sunlight coming in and some of it looks like there's nothing wrong with it. Like some of it just looks like Just straight up abandoned, and some of it you can see where it's really started to come down. Um, But the property is still there. I don't, you're not supposed to go look at it. Yeah. But but I mean, I found plenty of the pictures that I found were all from like blogs of people being like, you know, I take pictures of abandoned buildings and I found this place. And one of them has people taking um, a heart shaped tub. (laughs) Taking it? Like putting it in the back of their pickup truck. Oh, my God. I like love that. Like taking it. So now I'm like really fascinated and I want to go and look at it because I love abandoned buildings like that. Damn. Like I always want to take pictures of them and I think they're really cool. Um, it's a huge waste of space and something should be done with it. And that's not what's cool about it. How <laughs> did you find it? Um, I found it from Weird, Pennsylvania. Huh. which has a bunch of different just – there's, like, the weird USA guy. He writes, like, books for each state of just weird shit you can find in each state. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the ones for Pennsylvania is just this giant abandoned resort. And I found, like, a YouTube video of people walking through it. Oh, damn. Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, it's beautiful, but also, like, totally creepy. Like, it almost looks like something out of, like, Silent Hill or, like, Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah. Like, something where, like, you're like, zombies are definitely going to fucking pop out of this building. Oh, for sure. Are you Googling it? Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) I want to see.
1: And it's beautiful. Like, it's really beautiful, but, like, totally just abandoned. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, yeah, all the graffiti everywhere. Yeah. Damn. Wow. That's really cool. So, like, if this place isn't haunted, it missed a good opportunity. Right, the ghosts
1: are missing out, because that place is beautiful. Wow. And wow. then, yes, this is the ad from 1989. I mean, obviously the music is
0: perfect. It's very white. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wait, was that a a pool in the room? They had indoor and outdoor pools. That looks like there's a bed in the background, though. I mean, who knows? Like a fireplace and a bed. Okay. Like, ooh, they got to fool. Everyone here is just fucking. Oh, and there's horses. Yep. Oh, they at the end are like about to put it in. Right. Because
1: they're there on their honeymoon because it's what it was. It was a honeymoon destination. So, yeah, that's the Mount Airy Lodge. Wow. And it's just a giant abandoned Like massive, it's huge, massive resort complex. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Yay. Episode 90. Episode 90. Get it. Killing it.
1: Get Get wet. wet. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you want to support our podcast, the best way you can do that, of course, is to subscribe to our money. Patreon and give us, give us your money. We have $1, $5, and $15 reward tiers. And if you don't have the finances to do that, uh, of course, the other ways that you can do that, are, but you can support our show, I should say, are by giving us five star reviews or 10 if it's a 10 star system. Don't give us five if it's a 10, uh, 10 star system, um, obviously, on iTunes, on Facebook, on Stitcher, on Spotify, anywhere where you listen to podcasts and it lets you give a review.
0: And also we are we still have stickers. So review. if you give us a review and then you send me a screenshot and your address, I will send you a sticker. Yes. And I re- was reminded of that because Charlie was looking at the sticker on my book and he was like I really like this. And I was like, "Oh, you can have one." If you when write you us listen a to my show. So when you start listening, if he starts listening, Maybe he'll tell me, and then you can get a sticker. Get a sticker. I um, won't even give a sticker to the person that I'm seeing. So you right. got to leave a so review. You got to leave a review, and then
1: give us your address. You can and either you slide into our DMs on Instagram, where and we're Deadtime Stories, Z- all one word with a Z, or by emailing us at DeadtimeStories at gmail dot com. And you know Sarah loves those emails. I y'all. love it.
0: Pay attention to me. Send me emails. Send us emails, you bitch. Tell us how much you love our three star content. Oh my god, please yeah that's, that's all it. that's it come see my show this weekend go see Stephanie's be show. There on Sunday. keep listening to our podcast we're getting closer and closer to episode 100 100 keeping it 100 keeping it 100 and then I guess after that we'll just Burn it to the ground. Yeah, that's it. Then Basically, are going to walk away. Just, yep, done. <laughs> oh, no, no. You said it out loud. No, <laughs> I didn't mean it. it. I'll cut it. We can't have that. It's going to
1: be over because our number one fan is going to kill one of us like Selena.
0: Oh, my God. Not it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which number soon. one fan is going to
0: do that, Christina? Yeah, she's the closest. Oh, then she's definitely killing you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I thought she was going to kill you and take over
0: your spot on the show. Mm-mm. Come for it, Christina. I think I could take her. All
1: right.
0: We'll see what happens. <laughs> now I'm gonna be constantly scared, like looking around corners, like that Christina's is that Christina? coming for me. Christina's coming for me. That is coming for me. Well, with all of that being said <laughs> Did she just message us? No, <laughs> oh. no, 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 no. That
1: doesn't work message. I thought you were
0: like, She just texted me. She texted me. Oh, oh my god. No we spoke it into being oh no I'm she's Stephanie. gonna kill me and I'm Sarah for now and, and this, this has been Dead Time Stories thank you for listening if I die Christina did it Stephanie was involved just for the Netflix documentary I was yeah, just there.
1: gonna say we're gonna get the Netflix documentary the Netflix going talk. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Hedins and Stephanie C. Curtis Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.